Because sometimes you gotta do four books. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and this is a dynamite episode today. Not dynamite because of how good it's going to be, although I hope it's good, but dynamite because it's a first. A first, we are doing not one, not two, not three, but four Berenstain Bear books today. Four of them. Count them. One, two, three, four. You can count them on one hand, but it's still a lot. I know that it's supposed to be like if you can, okay, if you can count stuff on one hand, it's not supposed to be very much, but this is a lot. Like you can't count it on one finger, which is the usual amount. Four books, four books, four Berenstain Bear books. These are 1983's mini storybooks, uh, the Berenstain Bears to the Rescue, the Berenstain Bears Soccer Star, the Berenstain Bears and the Wild Wild Honey, and the Berenstain Bears Go Fly a Kite. Now... What's the story behind these books? I mean, besides the stories in the books. Honestly, I don't know exactly how they came out, except the the best I can put together is that they came out because of demand. They needed to have more Berenstain Bear books. So these books uh, were produced, and they kind of read like and look like uh, first-time books, but much simplified. Not in language or in plot or point, really. Just uh, everything's pared down a lot. There's not a whole lot of backstory. There's not a whole lot of involvement in the middle. And there's not a whole lot of denouement. It's it's your your basic Berenstain Bear stories, uh, just sort of condensed and given, just kind of just pushed through. They're not, uh, they're not bad. Actually, they're they're pretty breezy. You can sit down and read all four of them in one quick sitting, um, but you don't feel shortchanged. I know that I'm not doing a very good job at explaining these, but uh, it came to my attention because I, I had my master list and I started looking and seeing what books were coming up next. And I could have gone on to the to the the next first time reader, but I was really interested in these because uh, as as hard as they are to find, they're they're somewhat out of print. I say somewhat because. You can actually find these for sale in ebook format. At least three of them: uh, the Berenstain Bears to the Rescue, uh, Soccer Star, and Wild Wild Honey are readily available as ebooks. And I thought that was very interesting that they saw fit to publish these in electronic format, even though these were books that kind of just sort of faded into the background as the more popular books uh, sort of held on. Uh, I, I, as far as I know, they've all been adapted into uh, television episodes of the show. They are fairly uh, enjoyable and strong. The, the, the weird thing is, though, that uh, The Berenstain Bears Go Fly a Kite isn't available as an ebook. That was a little harder to get my hands on. I had to sort of uh, twist and turn and, and find a copy of the book, but uh, but I, I managed to read it, so I have all four of the books uh, not on the table in front of me, but uh, in my mind and in my heart. So, uh, so I was looking at these books, and they struck me as a little bit off and the way the best way I can describe it as the art seemed strange this was the first time I'd ever encountered Berenstain Bear art that didn't quite seem like Stan and Jan Berenstain art as as the as the book series progresses and as it becomes more and more popular you start getting used to seeing art that seems like it was handled by other people but this is the first time since starting the show that I'd really noticed a change in the art style and so 
being myself, I fired off a question to the official Berenstain Bears uh, people and got a wonderful response from Mike Berenstain himself, uh, the son of Stan and Jan, who is currently in charge of the Berenstain Bear books. And he explained to me, I'm not going to read his whole response because let me just tell you that Mike Berenstain is an amazing guy. This guy is carrying on the 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 legacy that his parents started uh, by making dynamite books, by putting in the work, by 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 continuing to uphold the the quality of 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 narrative and character that his parents created, and really doing a good job at sort of. Uh, Collecting all the, the the information about the 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 history of the of the creation of these books, so I thought he might have a little bit of insight. I wasn't quite sure. What I wasn't expecting was the amazing response he gave me. Um, so the mini story books, as he tells me, were a landmark because this was the first time Stan and Jan had ever worked with a freelance artist. What was happening was they were required to keep producing their main line of books, the first-time readers, but uh, the first-time books, but they also had to do these mini story books. And so what they would do is uh, Stan and Jan would uh, do rough layouts, uh, and then a freelancer would finish the drawings. And then Stan and Jan would correct the sketches the freelancer had done, and then the freelancer would do the finished ink line and color. And one thing I had asked about was was the line of the art. I always I said you know the, the the line seems a little heavier. It doesn't seem like whatever they had been using to draw the line of the art is the same is the same not not only material but the same process. And he said, well, that's what happened. Uh, by this point, he says, this is a quote. He said, by this time, uh, Stan and Jan almost always worked in pen and ink. Earlier, they had used brush on some books where a bolder line was needed. For instance, some of the bright and early books like Bears in the Night. The freelancer used for these mini books, the freelancer they used for these mini books had a background as a comic strip inker. And the technique almost always uses ink brush lines. So that's what he used for these mini books, thus giving the line a different quality. And it really explained a lot about the way the art differs. And you don't think it's going to be that big a deal if you're someone like me who doesn't know a whole lot about visual art. You wouldn't think that would make a huge deal, but it really colors the texture of of the image you're seeing. And when he said that this person had worked in comic strips, it just really all fell together. It looked a lot like comic strip art, which is not a denigration um, on the art style at all. It's just different. And it has a different – it feels bouncier or – I don't know how to describe it. A little cartoonier. Cartoonier, I guess is the right word, which is funny describing cartoon bears. But it feels more cartoonier, more like you're looking at like an animation cell almost. It's just so bold. And so he says uh, that was what he used for the mini books, and also his background in comic strip art inflected uh, his execution of the characters, giving them a slightly exaggerated look that I noticed. I said, you know, like their eyes look weird, their mouths look weird. They didn't look on model, and now it makes sense. They they are on model. These are you know because Stan and Jan did, did a, some rough you know did some rough layout on it, and then this guy filled in the rest. He he drew the bears in his style, and it shows. Their smiles look different. Their eyes, it's really the eyes. They look like comic strip character eyes. And I find that just, it really explained a lot about how I felt reading these books. It, it, it changes the texture of the book. It changes the texture of the narrative. It changes the flow. And it helps set these books 
into their universe. And where is that universe? I'll tell you right now. Four books. I have decided that of these four books, these four original mini storybooks, that two of them are set in Brother Bear's Dreamland. Are you ready? We haven't been to Brother Bear's Dreamland in a while. Two of them are set in Brother Bear's Dreamland, and two of them are set in an alternate dreamland, perhaps inhabited by Papa Bear. Now, where do I come up with this idea? Where do I get these crazy notions that flow through my skull? I'll explain it to you by giving you a brief ever so brief because there's four books. Have I mentioned four books? Rundown of the plots. Okay, Berenstain Bears to the Rescue. Stop me if you've heard this one. It's the Bear Scouts. Brother Bear, Sister Bear, Freddy. They've got to earn their Bear Scout merit badges. And Scout Leader Jane is there. I I don't know if we've met Scout Leader Jane yet. She's awesome. One of my favorite characters. And they have to earn their merit badges in rescue. And so Papa Bear says, you know, come with me. I'll help you rescue somebody. And of course, the bears are like, whatever, dude. But they follow him along anyway. First is Grizzly Gran. Again, I don't know if we've seen Grizzly Gran yet. I think we've seen her in like the background, but this is the first time we've seen Grizzly Gran up close and personal. He thinks she's drowning. They go in to rescue her from the pond. She's just relaxing in the pond. Next, you think Farmer Ben's daughter. Again, new character. I don't think we've ever met Farmer Ben's daughter, and I don't know if we ever meet her again. In fact, we don't see her. You only see her from the back, and then she's cut off on the page. You don't actually see Farmer Ben's daughter. Don't know why they chose the daughter. Could have been Mrs. Ben. We'll never know. But... They think Farmer Ben's daughter's being chased by a bull, or Papa Bear does. He goes to rescue her. She's actually just leading a dairy cow, but then Papa Bear gets chased by a bull. And then uh, he thinks one of uh, the bears is being attacked by bees. It is not a bear being attacked by bees. It is a bear tending to a beehive. Papa Bear gets attacked by the bees. And then finally, Papa Bear thinks someone's falling over a cliff. It's actually actual factual bear who's doing some rock studies. But Papa Bear falls over the cliff and gets caught on a branch. Now, in each of these instances, the Bear Scouts have to rescue Papa Bear. So in the end, Teacher Jane says, Papa Bear did what he said. He helped you find someone to rescue. In each case, you rescued Papa Bear. Here's your merit badges. And Papa Bear gets a merit badge as well for rescuing you guys. Now, the uh, the illustrations are, like I said, they're very different from Stan and Jan's work. But they're still beautiful. Beautiful. And the, the coloring work is uh, just exquisite. They're, actually, I, I assume the bold lines and the bright eyes work, uh, just especially in the smaller format, especially when you're reading an ebook. Like it, 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 it really helps it spring off the page. It's, again, it's a different feel. I do notice that the, uh, the bear who Papa Bear thinks is being attacked by bees is named um, Beehive Bruin. Now, later on in the series, we are going to meet someone named Lizzie Bruin, but this is the first instance I know of that we've encountered someone whose last name is Bruin, a very bare name. Now, in my mind, this book takes place in the dreamland of Brother Bear, and it's kind of an amalgamation of a lot of the adventures they've already had. It's... um, very similar to many of the Bear Scout adventures where Papa gets into trouble, thinking other people are in trouble, and the Bear Scouts have to help him out. It's simple, it's quick, it's breezy. The bears all seem very, uh, because of the art style, they seem very uh, exaggerated and uh, almost like icons, like little like, like computer avatars of the characters. And so it puts it, to me, firmly in the realm of of an imagined world. This is this is this is Brother Bear dreaming about a Bear Scout adventure. And why do I think it's 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 a dream? Because we've seen an advancement of Brother Bear beyond this point. So I think he's sort of uh, processing a lot of his information as as Scout leader uh, once again. He is uh, re- recalling the fact that uh, he is beyond what 
he used to be as a scout leader and exploring uh, new, more upfront and personal faces of the neighbors in Bear Country. Bear Country is still growing at this point. So there are more and more people that he's having encounters with, and they are all having encounters with Papa. So I think it's kind of his subconscious way of processing uh, new information, his position as a leader, his position as a brother, uh, a friend of Cousin Fred, and as a member of the Bear community. Now, the next Brother Bear Dreamland book is uh, the Berenstain Bears Soccer Star. It's not the Berenstain Bears and the Soccer Star. It is the Berenstain Bears Possessive Soccer Star. And who is this Soccer Star? Why? It is Brother Bear. And the whole story of this is that Brother Bear keeps trying out for local sports teams. Football, baseball, basketball. And each time he's too small. Um, he's not you know big enough to play the sport. So first he gets made the uh, water boy and then the bat boy and then the manager of the team. And he's just sort of like pushed around by the older players. Finally, he gets so angry at his position that he's just <laughs> actually kicks the heck out of the, uh, the dressing room and kicks a rock Against a tree, it bounces back at him. He kicks it in midair, gets the rock into the hole in the tree. His coach sees this happen and decides to put him on the soccer team where he becomes a star player. He becomes, uh, what's the expression they use? They make him the uh, star forward. He's star forward brother. And the bigger players have a harder time. He's not, they're not as agile as brothers. So he, his short stature uh, uh, aids him in his pursuit of sport stardom. And the coach, who is the coach in this story? Why, it is Coach Bruin. Is this the same as Beehive Bruin? It's hard to tell. Coach Bruin wears glasses. Beehive Bruin did not. Again, there's no Bruins in the story yet. Lizzie Bruin and her family have not moved into the Bears neighborhood. Who is this Coach Bruin? Is this the first time we've met him? I think it might be. We see Bear Country Schoolhouse. But there's another character who gets introduced in this story that I really want to point out. And this is a bear named Too Tall, Grizzly. Now, we have not met Too Tall officially yet. Too Tall will become a major player in the Bear universe. He is going to be the tough. He is the Nelson Muntz of the Bear universe. And in this book, Too Tall Grizzly is literally too tall. He is an enormous bear. He does not wear the outfit you are probably thinking of right now when it comes to Too Tall Grizzly. He just looks like a generic, very tall bear. And what puts this into Brother Bear's dreamland to me is Brother Bear uh, this is it's a little all too it's all a little too convenient. Brother Bear this presumably takes place over a year, but Brother Bear doesn't age at all during this. What we're seeing is Brother Bear uh, coming to terms with his place amongst his peers. Now, Too Tall is probably someone he's encountered so uh, at this point in his life, but we haven't seen any adventures with him yet. But in his mind, Too Tall is an enormous bear, and the older bears are all just huge, and they're not really this big, as big as they show them in this book. But in Brother Bear's mind, they are that big. This is Brother Bear confronting his limitations. This is Brother Bear finding his place, finding his talents, exploring the benefits of being who Brother Bear is. Now, in the previous book, we saw that Brother Bear is a competent leader. In this book, we see that Brother Bear is also physically competent. He is able to take advantage of his small stature and his his quick speed and his ability to kick to become a star in the Bear community. And I think this is going to be a great thing to explore as we go on with Brother Bear's storyline. He is dreaming about his place in the bear country as as a as someone who's not not someone who will not be relegated to uh, just left in the sidelines and so at the end the bears all hoist him up on their shoulders they they celebrate him again this probably didn't happen in real life and this seems like the perfect ending for a dream because brother bear is is idealized in this. He's the star of 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 his of his soccer team. And later on in the books we're going to learn that Brother Bear really is interested in soccer. He likes playing, but he hasn't quite gotten to this level. So right there, 
two very strong contenders for books in Brother Bear's Dreamland. I love it. I think it's a great way of seeing what's going on in Brother Bear's head. But let's move on to the two Papa Bear books. Now, one of these is The Berenstain Bears Go Fly a Kite, which I do not have in front of me anymore. But uh, the, the basic idea of the story is there's a kite flying contest in Bear Country. This is something else that will come up in later books as well. Bear Country loves their kites. And Papa Bear builds a big red kite. Again, this is not the big red kite. Uh, but it is so big that you can't actually run with it and use it as a kite. So you have to tie it to the back of the car. Uh, Papa Bear ends up getting caught up in the kite. It flies up in the air with him on it. And he ends up not winning the kite flying contest, but he ends up winning. I believe it's like the hang gliding contest. Uh, Gets a trophy and everything. So Papa Bear ends up on top. The other book is a fascinating, fascinating little story. I've saved this one for last because it's my favorite. This is a... The Berenstain Bears and the Wild, Wild Honey. And the reason I love this book so much is because it explores an aspect of Papa and Mama's relationship that I had not yet seen. Um, It's a story of how Papa is... He gets distracted. He's supposed to be doing chores. Uh, He's napping. Everyone else is, you know, doing their stuff. And Mama's like, stop napping. You have stuff you need to do around the house. She suggests he fixes the faucets in the house. He's more concerned about the honey tree. Now, let's flashback to the first book in the Berenstain Bears universe. The, the Berenstain Bears, the big honey hunt, uh, where we found this honey tree. Remember the honey tree, the, the, the bizarre uh, swollen bee tree that looks like almost like it's, a, it's just an organic creature. It's so big and so just inflated with honey. Well, that tree has just been preying on Papa's mind. He cannot get anything out of that tree because every time he tries, the bees attack him. Uh, again, keep in mind, this is the second book we've discussed tonight in which bees attack Papa. Uh, it's kind of a recurring theme, something we haven't actually seen happen in a while. And these are smart bees. These are not the bees we've encountered before that are kind of reactionary. These are bees that keep their eye on Papa. And he hasn't been able to get honey out of the tree no matter what he's done. He's tried being sneaky. He's tried being aggressive. And so finally he realizes when he thinks about fixing the faucets, he finds an old faucet in the the, the shed, polishes it up, drills a hole in the tree, crams it in, thinks he can turn it on and get honey out of the tree just by doing that, which we all know is an impossibility. But when he turns it on, he doesn't get instant honey. He gets instant bees. The bees fly out. They attack Papa. He runs home. He has to be uh, nursed by Mama, who pulls bee stingers out of his behind. And uh, that's pretty much the end of the book. He, uh, he doesn't do his chore. But there's this funny joke at the end where uh, – where the cubs, you know, like, wow, that, you know, like that bee faucet didn't work very well. And mama says, you know, it doesn't surprise me. The faucets in our house don't work very well either, which is probably the most barbed comment I've ever heard coming from mama bear. Uh, but I don't think this is an actual Berenstain bear book. Again, not just because of the art style, which is a little, you know, out of their hands, but the bees aren't this smart. The bees are not intelligent creatures in bear country. We've never seen them acting this way before. I think this is Papa Bear. These are two books in which Papa is exploring his inadequacies. In one book, he comes out on top by being an accidental winner. In the other book, he comes out on bottom by being a total loser. Uh, Usually when we see Papa lose, when he can't get something, it all comes together in the end. Like he can't find the right Christmas tree, but, you know, everyone decorates the house for him anyway. In this book, we see him just, he just loses. The the cubs don't bail him out. He doesn't get honey from the honey cellar. He's stranded. He's high and dry. And I want to think that these are both stories in which Papa's subconscious is making him consider his relationships to his cubs, his relationships to his family, and his relationship specifically to his wife. Uh, Mama Bear is only in the beginning and end of this book, and she's by far the strongest character in it. 
we, 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 we learn a lot about their relationship. We learn that Papa Bear is, we know he's a hard worker. He has a job. He has his own business. But we also realize that Mama Bear is in very much in charge of this house. And she has, she's the one who gets Papa to work. And we also learn that Papa's easily distracted. He's not lazy. He just can't keep his mind on what he wants. He's mostly interested in the things in the here and now, uh, which is in this case is the honey, solving this honey problem. It's a lot of work. He's willing to put in the effort, but he's not willing to put in the effort to fixing his house. As we find out at the end, Mama says, you know, the faucets in this house don't work. If you put as much effort into fixing the faucets in this house as you do into pursuing that honey tree, we'd be doing a lot better as a family, I think is what she's saying. And uh, Papa looks chagrined. He looks uh, a little disappointed. So I think what's going on in our, in our Papa Bear's head uh, at this point is that he's feeling a little inadequate as a father. Um, he's realizing that when he does succeed in things, it's because he stumbles into them. Uh, I think this is reflected in his in the other book in which uh, the, 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 the rescue book where the scouts have to keep rescuing Papa. It's something that, that, that has happened to him a lot as a father, as a husband, as a leader, and in the community. I am sure he has encounters like this with other bears. And so Papa Bear is dreaming of his inadequacies. He is dreaming of the fact that his successes lie entirely in serendipity and in coincidence. And perhaps because of this, he is going to try to take more of a proactive role as a father, as a husband, and as a member of the bear community. He doesn't want to be a buffoon anymore. And at the end of The Wild Wild Honey, where he is bent over mama bear's lap having barbs pulled out of his behind and his last words are ouch 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 we see papa i think at his lowest this is papa bear defeated this is a defeated bear where are we going to see him go from here i don't know i don't know where papa bear is going to go but what we have is two delightful dream worlds brothers and papas we see a lot of anxiety in papa that we used to see in brother and we see a lot of assuredness in brother that we uh, used to see in papa uh, two characters switching places. Papa, not just a buffoon. He is a uh, he is a buffoon who is questioning his place in, in, in the world. And Brother Bear, not just as a reactionary young cub, but as a thinking and feeling and uh, determined young leader for uh, four books. I highly recommend reading. Uh, add these to your library. Like I said, uh, all of them except Go Fly a Kite are readily available as ebooks. If you have, uh, you know, if you have a Kindle, you can just go there and pick them up. Uh, if not, they are actually most of them are available. I've seen them used online for you know literally pennies. So you're not going to you know break the bank just finding a cheap readable copy of it. Uh, they're worth having. I think these are worth having. And they're especially worth having because of the strange art style. Like I said, later on, we're going to learn more. We're going to see more uh, art that looks not quite like Stan and Jam. But this is the first time. And it's well done. It's not Stan and Jan, but it's still well done. Whoever they found, they found a good, good person. Now, that was not all the information that Mike Berenstain sent me when he wrote me. Uh, he sent me a lot of information about the coloring process of the uh of the children's books at this point i'm not going to read it because it's a lot of information but if you're interested uh go to the blog and at berenstain bears uh sorry <laughs> at berenstain bearcast.wordpress.com and i'll i'll have it in the uh in the blog link it'll uh it's interesting to learn how the color process changed and how that affected the way Stan and Jan had to produce the books from the 60s through the 70s and into the 80s. Just just this – if you're not aware of how the publishing world works, you don't realize how much the way books are printed and produced affects 
not not their I wouldn't say their readability, but the way they look and the way the, the and the texture of the book, the feel of the book, the flow of the book. It's it's children's books are a, a, they're a collaborative process, even if only one person does the writing and the illustrating and the coloring. At at the, at the end of the day, there are people behind the scenes who are influencing the way this book. Uh, looks and the way the book feels in your hand, the size of the book, the impact of the image on your eyes, and the relationship of words to pictures. And it's all, it's very complicated. And I'm sure that there are, you know, many resources you can find to to learn more about this. But Mike Berenstain sent me a wonderful uh, summation of it. And I will make sure that you're able to read it because it's, it's a delight. Again, I want to just go on record as thanking him so much for the time he took to write this stuff up because it's great. It's great. It's, it's, it's very enlightening. So uh, that's four books. Four books we had this time. Uh, Berenstain Bears Go Fly a Kite, The Berenstain Bears Sucker Star, The Berenstain Bears and the Wild Wild Honey, and The Berenstain Bears and the Rescue Rangers. No, I can't find the title. The Berenstain Bears to the Rescue. You, uh, the Berenstain Bears, to the rescue! The Berenstain Bears, to the rescue. <laughs> hey, there's four titles. Four titles of books I'd never read before. I think I did a pretty good job. I think I did a pretty good job covering these. Again, you can find us at BerenstainBearCast.wordpress.com. That's my uh, that's my blog site. You can find us on Twitter at BeestainBearCast. You can write to me at BerenstainBearCast at gmail.com. Uh, I am uh, all around. You know, you, know uh, you can subscribe to this show if you're not subscribed yet on iTunes or on Stitcher or wherever. But if you are subscribed or just, you know, Go to iTunes and click on the, you know, just type in, hey, search deep in bear country and then click on it and then say, hey, I'm going to give this a bunch of stars and then write something nice if you want. Like this podcast is a delight. It is a delight. And I would really appreciate that. So uh, next time, I think we're going to maybe get back into a first time book. Maybe not. Who knows? Uh, I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants here. But thank you so much for joining me. My name is Phil again, Gonzalez. And uh, I will see you down a sunny dirt road deep in bear country. Mm